You have found Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, March 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs are a month into their most interesting offseason in years. So many decisions to make with free agents and other players. We've been hearing about the narrow salary cap space for the Chiefs in 2020 and how that'll make things difficult to bring back star players like Chris Jones. But now there's some speculation that the salary cap for 2021 could increase to as much as 240 million bucks. That would give the Chiefs enough space to sign Jones in addition to giving quarterback Patrick Mahomes his impending big contract. Star columnist Sam Mellinger stops by to talk about this development and other Chiefs-related topics. After a break, Sam sticks around to talk Kansas basketball. The Jayhawks go into the week as the nation's top team in every poll, measure, or category. What makes these Jayhawks so formidable? We talk about it. So here we go on Sportsbeat KC. So did you know that yesterday was the one-month anniversary of the Chiefs' Super Bowl victory? Yeah, you know what? Um, your boss and my boss, Jeff Rosen, just mentioned that um, yesterday. And it, it just sort of like, huh? <laughs> you know, really? <laughs> like, it, it feels like it was like a week and a half ago. Did, did you get the Chiefs anything? Did you, what, what, do you, what do you get a team for the one-month Super Bowl anniversary? Yeah, well, there have been a lot of presents given to people in and around Kansas City in the last month. I know that. Some of them gener- generated right here in this That's office. That's right. Um, Damn straight. Yeah, we saw some nice framed uh, covers and uh, newspapers. It, it was nice to see. And, yeah. Uh, and they're pretty cool to have. If you don't have one, uh, public service announcement, if you don't have one, still, still can get one. And the book. The book is... Uh, out here soon. Yeah. So anyway, um, so it's a month after the after the Super Bowl, and uh, that, whether the Chiefs played in or won the Super Bowl doesn't change this timetable. That we are finished with the NFL Combine, our Combine Warriors. Yeah. Um, Sam McDowell and Herbie Teope are back, and we're going to enter into the free agency period. But I wanted to ask you about this kind of new little wrinkle. Uh, and how it might affect the Chiefs with the uh, with the collective bargaining ag- agreement that could increase the uh, the salary cap not by a little bit yeah but by a bunch and I was struck by that I, I guess I didn't realize that this was part of the negotiation that in for 2021 the salary cap could go as high as 240 million dollars per team. And uh, from where it is now, which is less than two hundred million dollars. Yes, the projection is about two hundred for twenty twenty. Okay. Last year it was I think one eighty nine or one ninety or something. It's and it's been about ten million. It's been about you know I think eight to twelve million dollars that it goes up every year, and it's just sort of been you you set your clock by it almost. So if if this indeed happens, yeah, I can't think of a team that would welcome the news more. <laughs> Every team would benefit, could stand to benefit from this. Sure. But the now defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs might have an advantage that they don't have at this very moment. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. The the timing is, you know, you and I are both old enough to remember when the Chiefs got bad breaks all the time. Like they couldn't... They couldn't wake up on a Tuesday without getting some unforced error. And, and now it just seems like... Everything is turning up Chiefs, you know, like uh, they lose to Tennessee and that, you know, lets them get Terrell Suggs and still get the bye and all these other things. And uh, yeah, now the the salary cap could go up. What would that be? 20 percent yeah. in a year when, when it's been going up, 
you know, basically what, 5%? It, it, that's a huge jump. Now look, and you just mentioned it, you just referenced it. They're not the only ones with the extra cash. Uh, there's 31 other teams too that, that'll have more money to spend. But the, the timing is exceptional, um, particularly with Chris Jones. You know, I, I think no matter what the salary cap is, the quarterback's gonna get paid. He's gonna get a contract. But with Chris Jones, and, and I, I believe this with everything in my heart, um, it's more than an educated guess, I should say. Chris Jones is not gonna take less than what he thinks his full market value is. I, think. I don't think he should. No, absolutely no, he should. No, he's, he's, been, he's been kind of a model citizen when it comes to oh his, yeah. you know, uh, his predicament or yeah. his situation. He, he's not the only one to handle that general situation well, but nobody's handled it better. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> you could not possibly handle it better better than he did. So he, he's earned, I hope he gets every penny he's looking for plus 10%, you know. Um, but I don't know that the Chiefs could have, you know, practically, I mean, you know, technically they could have paid him what he wants. Um, and, you know, they just would have had to have a roster full of minimum wage, you know, the NFL's version of minimum wage workers anyway. Uh, but now I think they can get closer to that and, and, and maybe get there. And, you know, you can, especially if, if the contract, if, if they rip up the franchise tag and, and the contract starts now, they can move the money around a little bit better. Um, and, and you can give, you know, Chris Jones might be able to look at, say, and I'm just making up numbers here, so don't hold me to it at all, but a four-year contract with $80 million in guarantees, something like that, that might be worth, that might be better now than a four-year contract next year that would have $85 million or 90 or whatever. Right. Just, you know, money now is more valuable than, than money later. So they, they, they've got a window. They've got a window here. And, and plus, you know, they're going to redo... Um, they're going to cut or redo Sammy Watkins, um, you know, Alex Okafor, um, you know, uh, one of the quarterbacks that, that they that they were paying, I think, two to three and a half. Matt Moore. Um, oh, no, Henny would have been. Well, Henny and, and yeah. So on. one of the, you know, there's just there's a lot of little moves like that that they can make. And they, you know, gosh dang, like they might be able to keep right. Chris Jones after all this. And and, and and the cornerback situation. Yeah, they got, they got some work to do there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's almost like, you know, to be quite cliche about it, the Chiefs can have their cake and eat it too, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, I yeah. want to get back to Chris Jones. Yeah. Um, in addition to handling his business yeah. the way he, you know, in a um, in an ideal fashion. Yeah. Uh, and his, uh, you know, exceptional talent. They don't win the Super Bowl without him. And, For sure. He is, I think, a uh, terrific presence in in the locker room. Yeah, and I think he is a a great spokesman for the Chiefs and represents the Chiefs well in yeah. charities. He's big in the Special Olympics, and um, I've mentioned this before that I was with him on a in an appearance at the Special Olympics, and if, if, if he's going through the motions, he does it as well as any human being I've ever <laughs> right. seen. He, he right. was really into it, so. Yeah. Uh, listen, we all understand uh, that the NFL, more than any other sport, is a cold, hard business, uh-huh. and you, it's, it's all about um, the, the way the, the one of the reasons the NFL is as great as it is is the competitive balance, and every every team starts sure. evenly, you know, at the, at the beginning of the year financially and in other ways. But I'll tell you what, th- this this really could be an example of rich getting richer if you know if yeah. this happens if the salary 
cap is increased and the Chiefs can keep, um, in addition to Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, maybe Bashard Breland, yeah. um, maybe Kendall Fuller, yeah. Sammy Watkins at a reduced rate. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know what the shopping list is for the Chiefs. I don't know what the priority is. Brett Veach didn't share as much at the Combine last week. Mm-hmm. But all those guys are contributed to a Super Bowl victory, some in pretty significant ways. Yeah, there, there's no way to measure this specifically, but one of the reasons that, I, and I don't think I was the first one to think of this. I think I heard it from somebody that of of the term like that. Patrick Mahomes is a force multiplier, and and one of the ways is that he creates not just the winning right, which is the most important thing, but um, he is an exceptional teammate and an exceptional like way better leader of grown men than a person should be at 23 and now 24 <laughs> years old you know, unanimous respect and, and all those things. And he makes it fun. And I think that, look, everybody wants to get paid and nobody's taking a, you know, 30% pay cut to come play with Patty Mahomes. Like it's not, this, this isn't a fantasy world. But, you know, I, I do think that guys are willing to, you know, stretch a little bit, um, you know, work a little bit harder to make it work to play in Kansas City than, you know, they would be another team. Certainly than they were the Chiefs, you know, five years ago, even when they had a good team, you know what I mean? But it wasn't, it wasn't this, I mean, this is, you know, what the Patriots have been. This is what, you know, other like sort of glamor, the Seahawks were at one point. I mean, this, this is a team that guys want to play for. And again, they're not going to take millions less or anything like that, but it is, it is a fun atmosphere and it is a place I think people, people want to target that, you know, there's another side of this though, too, right. Um, that (laughs) sort of success comes with a price, right. And, um, you know, so some of these guys, there's a Super Bowl shine on free agents. You know what I mean? Like from both sides, I think players are like, man, I just want a championship. Time to go get paid. And I think there's other teams that look at, man, that guy won a championship. We want some of that here. Can bring that, yeah, championship yeah. pedigree to our yeah, I, locker room. I, and, and I wonder if that's going to be like, I think Bashad Breeland is a candidate to to have like sort of a Super Bowl shine contract. You know, I, I, I can see him getting three years, 32 or something like that. And, you know, that somebody's paying a little bit of a, you know, some extra airport prices, you know, to, to get that guy. But Kendall Fuller is really interesting. Um, Traverius Ward is eligible for an extension. The, the Chiefs control him for a few more years, but he's eligible for an extension now. Um, you know, they've got some interesting decisions in that secondary. Juan Thornhill, you know, I don't know what his timetable is exactly. I don't think anybody can know that for a few more months. But, um, you know, they might have to do something safe. You know, there's, they've got some moving parts. A couple other ones um, that, that you know, what you just said uh, occurred to me. Demarcus Robinson may be another one yeah. of those who might get an increased yep. value contract somewhere else. Yep. And I think Travis Kelsey is someone that they might have to take a look at restructuring. Yeah, I agree with to that. To get, um, uh, get him in line with uh, – he, con- he needs to continue to be among – if not the highest paid tight end in the NFL. The yeah. Chiefs have, we were talking about this yesterday, how many players the Chiefs have that you can make a case for are the best at their position in the NFL. No worse than three, you know, top three. And, yeah. you know, and if those guys are on veteran contracts, you, you, you they want to be paid. Yeah, I mean, who like the quarterback, the, quarterback, the right tackle. The, the uh, tight end. The tight end. The number one wide out. Yep. Um, Tyron Matthew. The, yep, the you know, safety. Yep. Um, those those are the five, I think, that we yeah. think about. Yeah, and you can't really do it with Chris Jones because, you know, you've got Aaron Donald mm-hmm. who exists. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and, and all those guys deserve money, you know. And um, Joel Corey, who's 
terrific at what you know he he knows contracts in and out and um has been really helpful to me <laughs> um you know just helping me understand contract he, he pointed this out uh at least he's the first one that i saw pointed out that the tight end market has been pretty stagnant for for several years and that it's due for a bump and Zach Ertz and George Kittle being eligible for extensions is a good time for a bump. Yeah. And, um, you know, once that happens, Kelsey signed that deal. I think this was this the third year that he played under that I deal? I want to say that. I, I should have looked it up, but I, th- I think you're right. So he, he's played enough of that contract to, you know, to be a guy that goes and says, look, man, I deserve more money. And to be able to expect the team to say, yeah, we're going to we're going to try and help you out. If you, can. you know, Chiefs are under no obligation to do that obviously but then you might get in a whole lot you know all that other stuff but uh but yeah he, he's he's due for some for, for a raise as well all right so if nothing else the the, the possibility of the uh, increased salary cap changes the outlook and the dynamic of the 2020 chiefs yeah don't you think yeah there's some another nfl topic i wanted to ask you about and um and this certainly picked up steam at the at the combine, simply because you've got everybody in one place, right? Players, yeah. prospects, coaches, general managers, agents, and a lot of media. Think about this: um, quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks that that might not, won't be with the teams that they've spent a yeah. lot of time with, right? Yeah. We know about Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm going to move on. Tom Brady, possibly. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston, possibly. Yeah. Cam Newton, perhaps. So I started to think about it, and there were others, Andy Dalton, you know, there's some others. Um, but I looked at the Chiefs' schedule for next year. Oh, yeah. I count eight games uh, against teams that are probably going to have – that could have different starting quarterbacks. Two with the Chargers, yeah. right? Two with the Raiders if Brady ends up in Las Vegas and yeah. it's not Derek Carr. Uh, the Patriots if Brady moves yeah. to, to Vegas. Uh, the Dolphins will have, um, yeah. you know – uh, the Bucks, if they if they yeah. move from 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 Winston or and uh, and Cam Newton with the Pan and the Panthers are on the schedule. Yeah, eight strikes me as an unusually high number <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for teams with quarterbacks who have been Pro Bowl players, All Pro players, yeah. Super Bowl winners, Super Bowl participants. Yeah, talk about things coming up, Chiefs. Right <laughs> these days. Right. Um, now, okay, so the teams that that we we pretty sure are locked in on their quarterbacks for next year: the Bills, the Broncos with Drew Locke, sure. right? Twice the Jets, Falcons, Saints, uh, and of course the Ravens and the Texans. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I that's eight new possibility of eight teams on the or eight games on the twenty twenty schedule starting a quarterback, uh, a, a different quarterback. So trying to learn a new system, yeah. trying to get along with new coach, new coordinator. Advantage Chiefs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus they'll have the more talented roster <laughs> in right. basically all these games. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the the Raiders are interesting. Just um, I think it was Mina Kimes that I heard make this point the first time about, you know, Derek Carr's not – it's one of those, like, people call it, like, QB purgatory, right? Like, uh, he's not terrible. But he's not good enough that you're excited about. But um, she, she just made the point that it wouldn't make sense for the for the Raiders to walk away from Carr to sign one of these free agents because he's as good or better than these other these other guys at this point, and he's on a team friendly contract. Um, but drafting a quarterback is a whole different whole story. different thing, isn't it? And they they are among the teams that are you know I don't, it doesn't sound like the Bengals are 
looking to do anything but draft Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow right. but, uh, and, and the Dolphins, if two is there, will yeah, take two of unless yeah. the Lions sneak up and get him at three. Yeah, and somebody might reach up for um, you know Herbert or um, right. Uh, not, who's not, a kid not, from Utah State? Not love, uh, love uh, uh, yeah, yeah, love. Um, who's gotten some weird Patrick Mahomes comparisons? Like <laughs> very um, weird. <laughs> this stuff is. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier today. Like the uh, everybody, everybody's the next Patrick Mahomes now, right? Like Sam McDowell did that. Remember that story he did with the <laughs> yeah, high school kids, does, like yeah, all different right. like, passes. Right. Um, but you know, again, you and I are both old enough to remember when Patrick Mahomes was getting the Brett Favre comparisons. You know. <laughs> That's right. Turns out he is Brett Favre, just with more athleticism. Without the uh, takes, interceptions. Takes care of the ball, you know, uh, listens to his coaches. Like, there's all kinds of, <laughs> there's all kinds of advantages that he brings. It's just, it, it is wild, man. It is all turning up cheese for about a couple of years now. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little college basketball. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Sam Mellinger. All right, Sam. I've got, um, I've got KU as not only the polls were out on Monday and Kansas was the unanimous number one and the the media and the coaches poll. They are by far the top-ranked team in Ken Palm. They're the number one team in, in the net, which is uh, the new tool that the, the committee uses to measure team strength. In the old RPI, they're by, by far the number one team. Schedule strength, by far the number one team. How's it, how's it going to blow up in their face? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, they are like really well positioned to take advantage of what I think most people in college basketball would say is a down year. You know, there's just if you look at and this is a crude way to do it, I guess. But, you know, if you look at the lottery picks, projected lottery picks, there's not a lot that are playing for top 10 teams. Not only not playing for top 10 teams, but who won't be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. There are right. a lot of Euros, yep. a lot of European players, but also players for teams like um, Edwards from Georgia, whose team will yep. not be in the yep. NCAA Anthony tournament. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. A lot of James Wiseman's. Yes. Um, you know, there's just – yeah, it's, just, it, it's it's a weird season in that way. There's not – you know, you can almost count on Duke, Carolina, or Kentucky having three lottery picks. Yeah. One of those teams, you know. Um, and that's obviously not the case this year. Um, but even KU doesn't have right. lottery picks. Yeah, and, and what they do have, and part of why they're well-positioned right now, is they've got two absolute studs. I mean, they, you know, Devon Dotson, he'll be the Big 12 Player of the Year, right? Yes, I'm, um, I'm convinced of that. He, he's Especially gonna, after Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. K-State win. Um, and he's going to have a case for National Player of the Year. Um, Yudoka Azubuke is going to have a really good case for First Team All-America. Uh, you know, Marcus Garrett is as good of a college defender as, I mean, my God, he's good. If if Abaji has a hot weekend, you know, and he puts a, 
yeah. 16 in the, you know, one round and 19. I mean, I don't, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. They also defend like mothers. Um, and and that, that can travel. You know, the, I, I think you worry sometimes if, if, if your team relies a ton on three-point shooting. It could be super dangerous, but what happens if you go three for 20 on a day? It, it can shoot you. But, like, um, you know, I, I think about this a lot, that um, Kansas made, I think it was three of 13 three-pointers in Waco. They only went to the line 10 times, and they beat the number two, you know, at the time, team in the that, – that is on the road. Like, that is as impressive a win to me as Well, it's as impressive a win as any team had in the country yeah. this year for sure. Yeah. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. They, this team – I know it's been, a, it's been several years, but this team reminds me a little bit of the 2012 team with Thomas Robinson and Tyshawn mm-hmm. Taylor, Elijah Johnson, and, the, and Travis Relaford. The reason yeah. it does is because that team – you remember Tyshawn Taylor didn't make a three-pointer in the NCAA tournament <laughs> yeah. until the championship game against Kentucky. Yeah. He was 0 for 25, something. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Kansas wasn't a great shooting team, and they were always under like – always around 40% from the field. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Robinson didn't have a good offensive series in the NCAA tournament, even though he was Big 12 Player of the Year. But that team just just grinded you down yeah. and just beat you, and you couldn't score on them, and you – I just remember them handling uh, North Carolina in the regional final, and then Ohio State in the in, yeah. in the national semifinal because those teams could not score against yeah. Kansas, yeah. and that's what I see with this team. Saturday, they were kind of in trouble at Kansas State. You know, uh-huh. you know, playing against a team that I thought basically this this was it, kind of one last hurrah for Kansas State in a miserable season. They'll hold their own against uh, against their big rival, and they did that, but. You know, it, it when it when it was crunch time, basically Kansas State stopped scoring, and they yeah. Kansas, you know, it was just like you, you're not scoring on us. Yeah, and, yeah. and KU overcame a deficit and ended up, you know, winning it not comfortably, but got away with one. A game in which I think Dotson with 25 of the teams, whatever it was, 64 points. I think he, if if anybody didn't think he was Big 12 Player of the Year, left yeah. that game thinking, no, that, yeah. that's the guy because Doak hurt his ankle and didn't yeah. play much. Yeah. Um, you know, another reason I like that comparison to that 2012 team is um, <laughs> that's the team that ended up losing to a team full of freaks in Kentucky in the national championship game. That, and I still that's one of the best five or ten college teams that I can remember. In my oh my lifetime. gosh, it may be of a decade. So I mean, good. That Kentucky team in 15 that didn't win the championship was fantastic, but that 2012 team with Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, and, and he went number two in the draft, yes. right? Um, he and the, and the guy who beat him was Deron Lamb, right? Remember the his, yeah. the, the big scoring night against KU? Yeah, was he the senior? Was he the yeah, guy? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I remember there was a number that Final Four weekend. I remember seeing mm-hmm. a number. He had he had had like something like fifty four teammates <laughs> in Kentucky, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It was great. Uh, but you know, my point is like, uh, you know, that two thousand twelve Kansas team. If you could just take them in a time machine and put them here. This season, they they might be a national title favorite, you know, because they, like the reason they didn't win the national championship, they were number two seed that year, right? But yeah. they, they got to the national championship and played this, you know, one of these kind of generational type. Yeah, thing, right? and that team doesn't exist now, and and I just think that that pathway, you know, um, look, it wouldn't be shocking at all if Kansas or Baylor or both lost well before the Final Four, right? Like college basketball, or whatever. Um, but they're just really well. I, if you were just going to bet on a team, I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than a team with a Hall of Fame coach, 
a point guard who's a stud, a rim protector that few teams have, and and that just plays defense as, as well as Kansas does. That's think, a pretty good bet. Yeah, it is. That, and I think one one thing that kind of gets over, not overlooked, but not talked about much is we talked about Garrett as a terrific defensive player. Mm-hmm. And Devon Dotson, I think, maybe Garrett's passed him, but for most of the year, Dotson was leading the Big 12 in steals, not mm-hmm. Garrett. But, you know, uh, Ochai, those, these are long-arm yeah. wing-type players mm-hmm. that – that that in it in it he, he and Garrett just make things difficult for opponents with their, their length. Yeah, they their, their defense. Their, you know, we talk about offensive mismatches. Sometimes you, Kansas has defensive mismatches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They're, uh, they're really good too. I mean, individually they're gifted and they're locked in. They try like you know all those things, but they're also really smart defensively. The, the way the way they uh, defend screens. You know, um, Jesse Newell was just talking. You know, they're switching a lot more. I mean, they, they just that. They're playing really good team defense. I mean, you can have a really good defensive team just if you have five good defenders on the floor. But, you know, Kansas has that one, maybe four, um, right? But uh, they've got really good individual defenders, but they also play really well together. Okay, so I think you're heading out Wednesday to see KU, uh, TCU? I think so, yeah. Soft plan, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been weird. I haven't really been – I mean, I've been watching on TV, but I haven't been to as many – Games as I would have liked the Chiefs, fr- freaking Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes <laughs> changed the dynamic for all of us. Okay, if you got, if you're out there, I'll see you out there. Yeah, man. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production team of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Also, thanks to Sam Mellinger for stopping by. We'll be back on Wednesday for another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. <laughs> <laughs>